And so I came to understand that everyone's projection of their own shit onto me had nothing to do with me. And it was simply an opportunity for me to use my gifts to allow them to give that energy and let me love them back. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy, and today I'm sitting down with Jen Evers. Jen is a nurse, an educator, a way shower, an intuitive empathic healer, a Reiki master, a psycho-spiritual life coach, a nurse, and a Ho'oponopono practitioner. In this episode, we're talking about how to heal the deepest parts of you to reclaim your power in your life. We touch a lot on how to heal the physical body from conditions, how to look and address our traumas, and how to step back into our power in our life. You are going to love this episode with Jen. In fact, I think it's my favorite episode I've ever had with a guest. So without further ado, let's welcome Jen onto the show. Hello, Jen. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome. How are you doing? I am fantastic and so grateful to be here with you, Talia. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show, and I am excited to speak with you today. Lots of momentum and energy here. Yes. I actually feel um, like for all of you listening, we're seeing each other on video right now, and I somewhat feel like you're sitting in front of me, which is something that I don't often feel. Like I feel like there's no no space and time between us, so this is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> I agree. The energy is palpable, and um, I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm really excited. So can you start by just, you know, the the intro, the foreplay, letting us know a little bit about you, where you are in the world, what you do, a little bit about your backstory and all that. Let us get to know you a little bit. How long do we have? Um, sure. 72 um, minutes. <laughs> sure. So I am a nurse by day and I have a master's in education of nursing. Um, but what I really do and what I'm very passionate about is my other gifts, my intuitive spiritual gifts that I came here in this form to remember. Uh, and I am an empathic healer. And for people who don't know what that is, you probably know what an empath is, someone who feels deeply a highly sensitive person. But an empathic healer is someone who very um, unconsciously and unaware, for the most part, if they're not tuned in, receives and picks up not just the information of those around them, but the collective of humanity. And so there's a purpose why this energy comes to me and it's for alchemization or transmutation. I don't actually do anything with it except let it move through the structure that I am to move and shift into a higher vibrational frequency of love and returning to that which is source. Uh, it can be physically uncomfortable sometimes, but I have... Uh, acknowledge the fact that this is who I am and I'm grateful to be of service. I also am a Reiki master. So I work in all the energy and I teach that. I'm a certified Ho'oponopono practitioner, uh, which is a very powerful clearing prayer uh, that changed my life um, and healed a lot of things on my journey. So I teach uh, that I'm a way shower for the most part, but I just you, you made the comment, you felt like I was sitting there in front of you there's no coincidence in that uh, because I'm already receiving and picking up a lot of energy. And so every interview, every conversation, every interaction that I have, I'm actually helping to shift energy through me by allowing that person to let that energy move through me. Um, it's not a conscious thing all the time, 
but it's a very beautiful thing that I'm grateful to be a part of uh, in service for other people. So Mm, I can feel it. And ah, I'm so grateful that whatever your path has been, that you've allowed this to come through because it is truly of service and so powerful. Like we need this. We are, you know, as a collective, we're carrying so much heaviness and so much disease and disconnect and this resistance and these hurts and all the stuff that we have inside. And we, I love how you said alchemy, because that's really how I look at that. Like with me, sometimes when I'm with my clients, I'm like, this is an alchemizing situation where we just need to, you know, like, I love that you said, return back to sender, like take it pass it through, move it on back to the creator. And that's such a beautiful way to look at it because so many people kind of go like, what's wrong with me? I'm broken or get rid of this. I need to get rid of this. I need to shove this away. But alchemy is such a beautiful process of almost more of like releasing and transmuting rather than I'm broken. Somebody fix me. We need to get this away from me. Um, I don't know if that's being translated the way I mean it, but it just is such a beautiful art of healing. Um, so what led you there to realizing, like, obviously you were drawn to the body and health and what kind of had you have that point where you're like, okay, major pivot happening here. Time to, you know, open up. Well, you know, as it so often does, we get to points in our life where we're, we also feel heavy and dense and we're suffering or we're at the end of our rope. And that's kind of what happened to me. I was a high achiever had high anxiety, was the best at everything, including being a wife, a mother, or trying to be, right? But never really feeling like I met those expectations. And I really hit bottom zero. That's really what happened. And I always was like most of us who feel like, well, we just take care of everybody else. We'll figure it out on our own. We don't need help. We don't need anyone. I'll take care of it. We internalize all of this stuff as our burdens to carry. But there's a point where we do feel like we're going to break um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of those things. And so I got to a point where my marriage was suffering. I was not doing good things to my body. And I'm a nurse, so I'm aware of that. And so I finally reached out to help for help. I listened to a podcast like yours and this person just kind of spoke to me. They spoke to a part of me that was like, okay, this all makes sense. It's what I'm feeling. I'd been on a spiritual journey for 11 years plus reading and learning, but never applying it to me, right? Having this understanding, but never applying it. And so once I reached out for help, it was like a snowball effect. It was like, you've opened this door wide open and now you're going to start receiving more. And I went through coaching with a spiritual mentor. I found a group that just coincidentally happened to roll across my Facebook as an ad for an empathic healer. Never seen that before. Never heard of that before. Right. Took that year and a half, went through all of my Reiki training and it was my Reiki master training that I really had this huge shift. There was this 17 year old girl within me I dealt with a lot of the younger versions of myself who felt less than, who felt not worthy, who were conditioned by social constructs and religious dogmatic doctrine. No judgment, just the way that it was. And I went through this this three-day intense training with Reiki for my master certification. 
And I saw my 17 year old self in my meditations, but she was kind of, eh, I'm not ready. Mm, nope. Uh, by the third day, she came to me and she was ready to talk. And the backstory with that is, is that I was raised Southern Baptist in a very religious, dogmatic, doctrinated household with parents who loved me, but there were always conditions surrounding that of who I was choosing to be. And at 17, I realized I wasn't um, the quote unquote normal female as far as who I was attracted to. And so finding out that I was attracted to women was very hard. And that all came to be that 17 year old girl inside of me was very wounded and hurt because of what happened to me. And she finally came to talk to me and we walked and we talked and she kept saying all these stories about this person and that person and the things that they said and how she felt. And I said, but who kept, who keeps telling you these stories about you? And she went outside of herself and she defined it as this and that. And I said, but who is the one who keeps telling you this story? They're not here anymore. So who is it? And there was this profound realization. And she said, I am. And that was the minute that she and I knew that all of that was just a story. And we could rewrite the story we told ourselves and heal. And that was the pivotal moment that I stepped into my gifts and I said, okay, I'm ready to serve because I get to create my reality. All of that's just a story and it doesn't have an energetic charge to it anymore. It doesn't affect me because those people were acting from a place of wounds, just like mm -hmm. I've been for all these years. And it's powerful when you wake up to realize you have choice in what you tell yourself. So that's your TED talk. <laughs> Holy sure, why not? Jen, thank you for sharing. And I just feel like we can all so deeply relate to that in some way or another and see ourselves in this moment of like, fuck it. Like that's, you know, I don't want to carry this anymore. And I know we've spoke a little bit before we hit record on personally what I'm going through and my audience, you know, is in on a little bit of this journey of been sharing about it, but really, truly realizing, cause I knew like that situation that was their wounds and they didn't, you know, they had their own stuff, but it never, I was just mad. I was angry. And a lot of people can relate like mad at life or mad at the person or mad at whatever it was that happened or still just hurt by it. But when you actually come outside of that and have that higher, higher understanding of you're the one carrying it forward and taking that responsibility in your own healing and recognizing that it is a story at this point, like you said, it's no longer going on, you know, and, and I've had moments where I, I go like, I'm a 38 year old grown ass mom of three. Like I can drop these stories. It doesn't have to control me anymore. And I had these profound moments of back looking back at bullies and having this like moment with them being like, you don't own me anymore. Like I'm dropping this and feeling that energetic charge just, and it's like, huh, I've been trying to do this for so long, but I just, what you described was so similar to something I've experienced even just in the last few months. Um, but what a powerful realization to have and to see that, you know, you can, you truly do create your own reality, this thing we know. Um, so how life-changing was that? What did life start to look like after that and who you were being in your life? Completely different because 
I, I started to see everything that I was receiving, right? Whether it was intentional, conscious, unconscious from other people, their triggers, their wounds, their reactions to where they were struggling in their own self-worth, with their own mm -hmm. self-love. And so I came to understand that everyone's projection of their own shit onto me had nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. And it was simply an opportunity for me to use my gifts to allow them to give that energy and let me love them back for them to have that opportunity to see it doesn't matter who you choose to be. I see you. I'm not judging you. You're loved and you're worth it. And that is literally helped so many people in my field, right? I was a nurse educator for the entire span of COVID in the hospitals, holding a space for people to have fear, to have, concern to have worry to have self-worth issues all of these things grief and just take it and move it not do it for them right because that wasn't that's not my job that would be a fixer that would be still being a fixer it's giving them a safe space to be authentic and be themselves and experience what that feels like and be loved as it and i have nothing but love that emanates for me all the time i have no judgment for anyone or anything doesn't mean I don't disagree with things or I wouldn't choose to do it myself, but I see where it comes from within people. And I have the utmost compassion and love for those wounds that they hold that many of them are not even aware of. And they're mm. so worthy of healing. All of us are. Mm -hmm. Holy moly. <laughs> I don't know if I've said holy moly on the show before, but um, you just got a I holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the first holy moly. Um, Wow, that piece about judgment, um, because I think so many of us are aware of judgment at this point and realize like that's their stuff and I'm not going to judge, but really ju judgment is systemic within humans, even for survival in our brain. Maybe there's, of course, there's also the part of us that is love and is source and has no judgment. It has only oneness, but the ego part, the developed brain part, you know, to see what is different to judge and assess is the human condition. So it takes a lot of um, unraveling and reconnecting and replugging into source to truly be able to drop that at a point where you can experience, um, I don't know, just experience these day-to-day -day things and truly not be judging and truly be just seeing them in the eyes of source. And that's just so, so beautiful. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. So, and that's a good point that you bring up because I think the thing is, is that we try so hard to be something than what, than what we are. And the recognition and realization for me is, is that we are actually dualistic beings. We would not be in form in this three-dimensional 4D form unless we were dualistic, meaning that we have the ability of the light and the darkness within us. And it's not a judgment. It's not a shameful thing to say, oh, I just judged somebody. It's an opportunity to love ourselves more, not less. And that's how we balance this dualistic being that we are really one with source but we're in this human form for a reason and it's to recognize how far we've expanded away into this darkness or shadow side and masking it with trying to be something that we're not or shaming mm -hmm. ourselves for it mm -hmm. to love that part of ourselves just as much as the parts of ourselves that we're proud of. Mm -hmm. it's, an, it, it's a balance between those things and a centering of it to recognize 
we came into this form for a reason and we wouldn't be able to be in it unless we chose this oppositional, you know, darkness and light. But we have choice to choose the loving choice, the one that resonates with a higher vibrational frequency in all moments, even when we're faced mm-hmm. with that lower density parts of ourselves, because it's like a guitar string. We're all on the same spectrum of a string, but we can play that note and play those frets at different frequencies. And that's where we choose to be high or low. And in every moment, no matter what we choose, we're worthy of loving ourselves more, not less. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I deeply agree. And I tend to see exactly what you're saying. Like, we, if you could, if, I mean, you can, but if people could just accept and learn and know that as truth. So just put that in the truth box. This is the way it is. We are meant to be love. We are meant to see that in ourselves and see that in others. Now the journey is who do I become as I move into that? And that's always what I think of instead of I should be in non-judgment it's, but who am I becoming as I step into realizing I am source oneness, source consciousness, we don't need judgment as a relic or non-existent with source. So it's almost like, who do I become in that process? Because wherever you are, whoever's, you know, you listening, wherever you are now to get to that place where you, not that it's even somewhere to get to, but for the sake of this, to get to that place where you're someone who is surrendering so deeply to love and to the love that they truly are. What is that journey? Like that is your life journey. That is your path. So when we're knee deep in emotional release or inner child healing or feeling like we don't know what the fuck's going on. Everything's falling apart and we're just trying to do our best. That is you becoming that person that is turned on and activated because I know anyone listening is on that path. This is this, everything Jen's saying is exactly what you're meant for, or you wouldn't be here. Um, And that's so powerful. I just love that. It's, it's all those moments that we've, we feel like we take two steps forward and one step back. And we get discouraged because that's what we've innately instinctually been taught is that we've, we've failed. And this is why a lot of things that don't focus, in my opinion, on holistic things, right? If we're just focused on mindset or we're just focused on getting our body and our nutrition better, that we're missing a core element of that holistic perspective is that the spirit has to be right. The mental and emotional body, how we feel about ourselves has to be in alignment with all of that. Otherwise, we're just going to keep going back to the same pattern of beating ourselves up because we miss this or we miss that. You can apply this technique to every single aspect of your life. No matter what shows up, you come with awareness to the fact of I'm shaming myself. I'm criticizing myself. I'm doing the same old thing I've done before. And you know what? It's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to wrap my arms around myself and tell myself, I love you. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You are perfectly imperfect, exactly as you were meant to be and as you created yourself to be. And when you have that realization, you stop going to this place of feeling less than all the time or trying to seek validation from everyone outside of you to make you feel good about yourself. You don't need anyone. Mm. doesn't mean that we don't desire to have relationships. We're social beings and we're a unified collective. Of course we want to have relationships with ourselves, right? But at the same time, we know who we are. And that doesn't change based on this person's opinion or this person's judgment or this person's you should do this or you shouldn't do that. Fuck you, right? 
I'm not going to do that because I don't have to. And guess what? When I don't do it because I choose to honor myself and what feels right, I'm showing you that you're not going to die of being electrified or condemned to hell to burn in whatever. You're going to thrive because that's what I'm doing. And people go, hmm, I wish I could do that. Well, guess what? You can. It just starts with you choosing yourself and not in an egotistical you know, maniac way where we're completely, you know, not caring about other people. You cannot give to someone else what you do not give to yourself first, period. And you can give all day, but you will feel exhausted. You will feel worn out. And then you will think about tomorrow when you're going to get up and do it all over again. And what that breeds within you is resentment. And then that's actually what is eating away at our, at our, core which causes disease in our body anger guilt resentment those cause cancer autoimmune diseases criticism of ourself all of those things will manifest eventually as physical dis-ease if we're not getting to the core of why we're not treating ourselves as good as we treat everybody else mm, yeah 100 percent. that is so so powerful um when people are dealing with, and, you know, I don't often ask personal questions, but I know that this will help people because there's a lot of my clients and there's a lot of people in this community that deal with physical ailments. So just to, you know, focus on that chronic pain, fibromyalgia, migraines, autoimmune, um, these sort of things that are manifesting in our body, a lot of gut issues, stuff like that. So if somebody's dealing with something and to, to use an example that this is new to share about it. So it's a little bit vulnerable just because it has been my journey to not share. <laughs> and that's part of it is allowing people in and allowing love in. Um, so I have chronic pain. And so for anyone that's experiencing physical ailments, the thing when it's going on, when you have the migraine, when you have the, you know, gut issues or you're fatigued and you're in pain. It is um, an interesting journey right now where I'm at is I have so much faith in the miracle that's unfolding. I can see the changes happening and I can feel the different perspective shifts with my wounds and people to enter my life <laughs> and all sorts of things. And I know the miracle is happening. Simultaneously, I'm in the most pain I've ever been in, in some ways. And sometimes it's really overwhelming. And I've seen this in clients before where they're like, I know I'm healing and I know I'm, you know, listening to podcasts and doing the inner work, but my anxiety screaming, or I have panic attacks, I can't operate. So that interesting position of being in a state of um, inflammation and nervous system, you know, reaction and, you know, fight or flight and all this stuff while simultaneously knowing you're heading somewhere better, knowing this is for a reason, I, it's sometimes so draining. And I was saying to my husband last night that sometimes I just feel exhausted with pain and with you know, being scared and nervous and, and, um, feeling all of these different things doesn't change my belief in miracles whatsoever, but it is exhausting. So just to kind of whatever comes up for you with that, for the people acutely dealing with it, screaming in your face, yet also being open for all this beautiful healing and stuff that's happening. So what I feel into, and first I want to say, I honor you in that because first I want to tell everybody, if you're experiencing anything, physical discomfort, dis-ease in your body it is real for you um, and as a medical person as a healthcare person I know a lot of times people are not always believed if there's not a visual thing people can see that's wrong with you right 
And that in itself is disheartening and it's, it's critical and it makes us feel like we're not heard. We're not worthy. We're not valued. And what we're experiencing is not validated. So I just want to say that if anyone has experienced that first, I like to say on behalf of the healthcare community, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because what you are experiencing is very real for you and it is uh, worth being heard. The second thing that I would like to say to inspire all of you that there is something that can be done and to help you understand is that when we are in a state of physical discomfort, we are actually, if we are thinking about it, if we are attached to it, if we're thinking too much about the future and what it's going to look like, is this ever going to end? Is it going to ever reprieve? Then really we are in a state of resistance. And so as difficult as it may sound, it's more of an acceptance of this is the present moment where I'm at. However, you being a manifestation mentor, no, I get to choose the reality that I create for myself. So your healing is already possible. It already exists. And so every time we come to that place of feeling in discomfort or pain, we're going to acknowledge it, allow it to be what it is, but attach our thoughts to the reality that we know that already exists, which is painful. And then we're going to look that pain straight in the face and we're going to wrap our arms around it and say, thank you so much for showing up to remind me of the healing that I'm doing through this process. And when we honor it and we love it, we're not in resistance to it. We're allowing it to be what it is, but we're detaching from it and we don't become it. And that separation is what is going to help you shift into the healing that already exists as your future self. Thank you. Um, and it's that, who do I become as I do that? That's just language that resonates with me, that journey. And that was also part of the conversation with my husband last night. I'm like, this is big shit because I'm here to move mountains in this lifetime and yes, in multiple lifetimes and help so many people. So this is like who I need to become while I do this is next level. And he was just looking at me like, I got you, babe. I got you. And it's what like, if you already are. What if it's not about you becoming that version of yourself, but you already are. Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to look the way that we anticipate it to. It's those steps to get there that you're actually moving the mountains for yourself and thus paving a path for others to follow because of your lead. Mm. Reframing everything into the present moment, that there's nothing that you have to become that you aren't already. It's just a mindset shift of you're already worthy. You're already doing beautiful work just by being you and vibrant and shining your light and learning how not to be afraid of stepping into who you are. But you're doing that every day and changing lives along the way. So everything is in the present moment. There's nothing beyond us, right? Everything exists as it is, past, future, present, as long as we're in the moment and we're, we're staying grounded in that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you see all these things out there like become the best version of yourself and this and that. And it's, there's these promises of getting to a point, but then we judge ourselves based on whether we've reached that or not. And so we're still in the energy of judgment. As long as we're always looking to the 
I'll do this one day. I'll be this. That's great to desire and work towards. But your journey and your evolution as you is constantly unfolding right now in the present moment. And you're beautiful and worthy as you are right now. Mm -hmm. Did you just do the old, did you just do the old quantum switcheroo on me? (laughs) Maybe. I'm like, who am I becoming? You're like, Talia, you already are. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) I love it though. I really hear you. I receive that. And um, I I need that. Thank you. So when you're working with people, I was noticing in your, um, like your, your write up your website, your stuff that you talk about subconscious patterns held in the body. And I know a lot of people are really interested in that. And I really love the subconscious reprogramming aspect because for a long time I have been focused on the spiritual, focused on the intuition, focused on the energies and getting really into that and diving deep into that aspect of myself and of this universe and was like, oh, wait, I'm still a human. So the last few years, especially the last year, it's been like, ooh, the mind and kind of re-diving into how exciting the reprogramming can be and the power that we hold in our subconscious mind and these beliefs and all that stuff. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that aspect with healing in general. Um, Yeah, just your take on that. I would love to talk to you about that. So it's one of my favorite things to talk about is just how everything is energy, including our thoughts, right? Our beliefs, our emotions, our our energy, our energy in motion. That's what emotions are. And then the actions that either follow from that or the inaction. So we all have subconscious programs from the time we're little, right? And this is just in this life, but not necessarily the things that have also been carried with us from past lives, which is a whole nother episode probably. Uh, But we have these patterns that come in with us that are conditioned from our parents and they're like seeds that are planted in our subconscious mind before the age of seven. Things we hear, things we see, things we learn about, things we're scolded for, how we're supposed to act, what we should do. And all of these things get planted and these grow and they help us to shape our sense of self-worth and who we believe that we are and how the external world actually sees us and who we need to show up as in order to be received, valued, loved. We're always trying to get validation and love to, to know that we're worthy enough for it, right? To prove ourselves that we're successful or we're not, right? We base all that in our, in our society and our culture on that. So if we can become very mindful of what are our beliefs first? Where did they come from? That's where I start with people. Okay, what did, where did all this come from? Why do you believe this about yourself? And we can't answer why. We can at least identify events that may have helped shape that. Is it true? Or is it just a belief that someone implanted in you that told you you should be afraid of the consequences of it? Right? Because fear is very powerful. So if we have beliefs, those shift into thoughts about ourselves and our external world. Those thoughts generate emotions, how we feel and you feel in your body. If you get angry, you feel it well up from the bottom of your root chakra, all the way up through your being, warmth, energy, until it explodes out of your mouth as a projection onto somebody else. So what if in the midst of those transitions, we could actually stop and interrupt the pattern? We could become aware of it and say, if I wasn't choosing to feel this way, if I wasn't choosing to think this way, if I wasn't choosing to believe this way, what could I choose instead? And once you know that you have choice, everything changes. Because in that moment, you know that you're the creator 
of everything that shows up in your life based on your perception, your belief, your thoughts about yourself, and what you choose to do or not to do in response to it. Because most of us react. We react from a place of being triggered from a wound we know nothing about, even though it's there. And so we create this cycle, this pattern of cycle where we just get stuck on the hamster wheel of just repeating the same things over and over again. Why do we repeat it? Because it's waiting for us to make a different choice about who we choose to be with ourselves in the moment, period. And once you make that choice away from the pattern, things start shifting in your life completely. And it's a snowball effect where now you go, hmm, I don't have to believe this. I don't have to think this mm -hmm. way. This isn't true. And you're completely reshaping your identity that you have with yourself and how you value yourself moving away from other people's validation and stepping into your authenticity. And that is the most freeing thing I have ever experienced is to truly be myself and not give a damn what anybody else thinks of me. And I truly don't. Doesn't mean it doesn't come up. The thought comes up, but I know I have choice and that's their, that's their opinion, but it doesn't have to be what I believe about myself. I have choice in every single moment. And that is our superpower as conscious living three-dimensional beings as really spiritual uh, energy. Mm, I, yeah, <laughs> I love that. And I love just getting to that place of like, people have been talking about self-love and self-care and you know, I know my people get this, but it's not just the bubble bath. It's not just the face mask or the pedicure. You can't throw money and call it self-care. Um, it's that caring for yourself, as you say, who you are being with yourself and the fact that your needs matter and you are a VIP, a very important person, right? And like thinking about that and I'll ask people like, you know, what would well, first of all, like, what would be the decision to make here out of love, but also like self sacredness, like ultimate loving kindness for myself, what would be the decision here to make about the job or about what to eat for dinner about seemingly unimportant things or seemingly like things that we think we need to weigh the pros and cons and figure it out, what would be the most loving choice for you. And it's interesting how love always leads you back to that most powerful place because some people go like, oh, well, I wouldn't show up for work or I wouldn't do this. And it's like, well, no, but you would because it would be out of integrity to not. So almost like showing up for you in love and building that relationship with who you're being with yourself is it. Like you, you are the universe and it truly, um, I just love how you ooze that. Like you, you just have a way of, the words you choose and the energy you have of really getting that and having that landing that like that is the most important thing. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say to what you were saying is about um, I've been teaching and talking about how your belief or your actions show the universe what you truly believe about yourself, about life, your actions, your reactions. So instead of trying to fix the actions seeing that it's an indication, say you're, you know, you want to work out and love your body and be healthier, but you just don't. And you, you know, get into maybe self-sabotage or whatever that action shows the universe shows us, shows you what you're really believing down there. So people try to always fix the action. Oh, Monday, I'm going to start working out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to do beach body. I'm going to get a trainer. It's like, but nothing can save you from that underneath part that is causing you to act or react or, you know, be 
be in this certain way. Um, and so I just love how you share that too, is it's just like, it, it starts from inside every single time and changing the actions is just going to be an endless pursuit of chasing really, if we're not addressing what's under there. Well, if you're not aware of what's actually causing that, which is the most, people don't want to, to look at themselves and go, there's something wrong with me because we already have that belief. That's the, that's the core belief. That's why we're all striving to be something that we're not and to portray ourselves as something that we're not to the world, right? We wear many masks, right? I don't think that COVID was any coincidence that we all wore masks across our face to really show this is what we've been doing all along. We haven't been showing ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We've been masking ourselves to be the version that everybody else would accept us as. But once we start to recognize the fact that where we're giving our power away to other people to control us, to make us feel worthy and we start filling ourselves up by healing these parts of ourselves or becoming aware of how these beliefs shape our thoughts and our emotions and our actions we don't have to wait till it gets to an action to mm -hmm. have to go oh i shouldn't have done that oh i reacted from a place we can do that and we can love ourselves even if we mess up right it doesn't matter there is no right there is no wrong all of that is just created by us and so if we created it, then it means we can create something different. Mm. And that's the power all of us have. But it, stop, it starts and stops with us and who we choose to be with ourselves. So we can't fix other people. doesn't matter how hard we try. We can give guidance. We can give advice. It's their choice to follow it. But what we can do is work on ourselves. And this is what Mother Teresa said and Gandhi said, is that if you want to change the world, go home and work on yourself. Because that's the light that we shine to everybody else to know that it's safe to be you. There's no judgment here. There's just love. And that's honestly what everybody at their core is seeking, is to be loved authentically for who they are, which most people don't even know that. Because mm -hmm. it's been covered up with years upon years of having to be somebody different to be loved. And guess what? You still don't feel loved. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't come from anyone else. I mean, think about it. How many times have you done something and you've gotten praise for it and you felt good about yourself, but in the next breath, somebody says something critical and you get right back down to that level of, oh, I need to do more in order to be more, right? I need to do more. This is why you're exhausted, Talia. This is why you're exhausted. Because we do more in order to be more in everybody else's eyes. And none of them are ever going to fill the cup the way that you can. Mm. And that's why I say the most important relationship we have is the one we have with ourselves. But going there, looking at those parts of ourselves that we're maybe ashamed of or we wish we hadn't done or we would have made a different choice, that's where we get into that shadow work of mm. loving the parts of ourselves we would rather not think about or look at, accepting and owning it, and then integrating it into that loving part of ourselves to say, I did the best I could from the place I was, just like my parents did, just like their parents did and our ancestors did. And it's up to us now to stop this generational trauma that's passing down of these inherited wounds that no longer serve us as a humanity. And to say it stops with me. Mm -hmm. And I start the healing for me and for my ancestral lineage and all of humanity so that we can shift 
as a humanity, as a consciousness, into where we're all going. We're not, not some of us aren't going and some stay here. We will all go. That's how it's meant to be. But the more work we do on ourselves, the more we love ourselves, the more we just open that wide open for everybody else to know that they're a part of it too. Even if they condemn me. I mean, I've had people call me names and tell me all kinds of things, right? About where I'm going and whatever, but Mm -hmm. they're just afraid. Mm -hmm. They don't see themselves. So it's okay. I love them anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Love them more, not less. That is just so, so powerful. And so do you think that, or do you believe, do you know to be true that anything not a lot of people ask these types of questions or maybe they do in your world, but I truly believe anything can be healed. Like I see Joe Dispenza's work and how they, he has tumors falling off people by the end of the week, intensive journeys into the subconscious and into healing. Um, Do you feel like sometimes I think about the fact that anything could be healed. I truly believe, and I'm interested to hear what you think on that. And also sometimes it's not our, karma to be miraculously healed. Like, I just think if someone's in a wheelchair, like it's not that they're supposed to be walking and that they have to have this miracle, but I do think that things, anything is possible. So sometimes I just love pondering. So that's what I do like 24 seven ponder mode. And I'm like, Oh, it's so interesting. Cause the person who is, you know, maybe has some sort of disability is here to inspire others is here to allow other people's to be other people to be seen and heard, not just to be fixed. So I've thought about that with my own journey that like, where am I making it mean that I'm supposed to be pain-free and something is wrong because maybe this journey is something bigger than that. Like I know it's always bigger. So anyway, just curious to hear your thoughts on that on, you know, do you truly believe anything is possible to be healed and that sort of path that we have, some of us live such a dense path to make a big impact or to find the light. Um, just curious. Yeah. Your thoughts on that. So I think it's very, um, con- I don't want to say conditional, but I think it's very individualistic and it's not just necessarily this lifetime that is, um, showing up as physical, especially if things, people are born with things, right. If they're born with a physical or cognitive, uh, what we call a disability, I think it's actually a superpower. Uh, because it is meant to shift and mold someone else's life. We're in soul families. We're in soul contracts. We are, we, we agree to potentials in this existence before we get here. As hard as that is to believe, I do know and feel and believe that that is true. And so if a child is born with a physical disability or something like autism or something that is emotionally and distressing to the parents, it's really more a lesson for the parents and how they choose to be with themselves and also how they treat that child and show love. And so that's a lesson in itself, right? And that soul and that child, whatever experience that they had, they knew fell welling full before they got here. They knew what the potentials were. So it's all about growth. It's all about lessons. When we talk about diseases that manifest later in life, sometimes I'm not sure when you started having chronic pain, that also could be related to past life events. So Dr. Brian Weiss is a great uh, source to go to if you're looking for a lot of things like that. Um, just the stories that he's told about people who have physical ailments in this life or emotional or stressful things and finding out that things happened in a, in a past life. And 
that's why at 37, your migraine showed up because you were put in a mental institution and had electroconvulsive therapy when you were 36, right? So a lot of that is healing that has to happen from other lifetimes. And if you're looking for that, there's some things that, you know, the whole Ho'oponopono prayer is great because it transcends this lifetime and energy. Um, I encourage people to look that up. If you have questions, I'd be happy to, to talk to anyone who wants to know about that. It's very simple and effective. I healed myself of eczema that I had had since I was a child in one week using that prayer. Um, so it can be done. However, we must realize that anything that shows up in our life is for a purpose. And as long as we're always doing the work to love ourselves, even if we have a physical disease or deformity, as our species calls it, it's really your superpower. It's how you choose to deal with it, how you choose to be with yourself that matters through it. And if you have pain, you know, thankfully we have technologies and things that can help with that. But there's things that you can do as well to help heal the causes of that. Does that mean you'll be pain-free for the rest of your life? No, but pain is an informational signal as well to let us know that something's going on that we need to pay attention to, right? So it's all dynamic. It's all working and shifting. As long as we don't identify as we are a problem or there's something wrong with me and we're consistently loving ourselves through it, everything has the ability to be healed in this life not always, but future versions of yourself will be healed because of the work you've done in this one. So mm. I, I look at a lot of disease, and this is not a judgment, but I want people to think about it. If I have a name to give it, if I have a label to give it, then I can identify and attach to it. The minute I become that attachment is I have ADHD, or I have this, or I have that. Now I have something that I give energy to and I'm just creating more of the same by identifying with it. So we are not the disease. It is just merely an energetic fabric that is layered on top. And we will peel back those layers one by one and heal them in love and in patience. And that's where we get hung up because we're tired of suffering, because we're tired of hurting. And I get that but it's just the conscious work and effort to keep going back to that place of, yes, I'm hurting. I acknowledge it. And using that prayer or whatever you want to use to saying, I feel you, I acknowledge you. I know you're there. I love you. Like, I love you. Even though I hate you, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that prayer has come in fierce in the last two weeks. I've, I've dabbled before, um, but the last few weeks, it's been every day I've been writing on it and saying it before bed and feeling it. It just came out of nowhere in my consciousness. Like nothing, it wasn't like a program and they're saying do that, you know, right. um, it, it's just so simple and beautiful. And the please forgive me aspect is such a, like, ooh, it just feels for me, especially, it feels really important. It, you don't even have to mean it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's what I love about it. Because anything that shows up in the body and the mind in your environment, anything that comes up, you could be having an argument, you could feel resentful and angry and bitter. And you'd be like, oh, to whatever this bitterness is within me, whatever the memory is that causes it. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And you could be so pissed off, right? But at the same time, by repeating that mantra, you're actually helping to initiate the clearing of whatever memory is from this lifetime or all the way back to the beginning of time 
that caused it. Here's the really cool thing, Talia. If we're all one and we're all connected, guess what? I share that same pattern with you. So when you do it, you're actually simultaneously clearing it from all of humanity. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing within you by clearing that aspect of you or asking for clearing, you're actually doing a public service act is what I kind of call it. Mm-hmm. We're actually initiating the clearing of that pattern all the way back to the beginning of time, like a whiteboard, tons of marks on it, just erasing and clearing one at a time. And the more of us who do this together, the more and more and more we'll clear and the more that humanity will shift into that vibration of love out of this density that we've lived in for millennia. So powerful. <laughs> Just that old thing, just clearing generational, you know, forever in all directions of time. No biggie. But, but we're clearing it only from us. And that's the thing. Like, we don't clear mm-hmm. from anyone else. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, people who claim to be healers and that type of thing. I don't heal anyone. I don't heal anyone. I show other people how to heal themselves. Because mm-hmm. it's not up to me for their healing. It's not up for me to fix them. And I'm a nurse. So that was a really hard concept for me to understand. Like, you know, I do an intervention. I expect a certain outcome as a nurse. But as a healer, as I call myself, I'm not actually doing anything except being present, being aware, opening myself to the energy, and allowing that other person to do the healing work through me in a safe, authentic space where there's no judgment. There's just love. And by letting them do that and show up little by little, one layer is shed, one layer is shed. And they keep coming back because they're like, I, I like the way this feels. And it's like, of course you do because it's authentic. It's genuine and it's absolute love and it's your essence. And it's where you feel the most comfortable. You just didn't know it because you've never experienced it before. Today, mm. Right. So it's, it's like a magnet, right? Attracting people back to who they already are. They've just forgotten. So powerful. That is so powerful. Um, I'd love to ask you while we're on this topic of health and all of that, why do you think that just your perspective on why there's so much chronic illness, um, compared to, I don't know if it is compared to what there used to be in my perception, it feels like we've become sicker and sicker. Um, I just don't know because I wasn't alive centuries ago, but I know that that is the story. And so why do you think that that is, why do you think that we are becoming so sort of chronically ill? I think it has a, I think it has a lot to do with just where we're at as um, a species, where we're at at our special evolution of our consciousness, um, We've had to go in and we've carried a lot. There is a lot of ancestral generational trauma of things we have done to each other, things we have done to our brothers and sisters. And certain communities of people are more disproportionately affected by disease, right? You look at uh, people who are affected with diabetes or hypertension more, and where does that come from? And people say, what's because of this or that? I don't know that it's necessarily like, you know, African-Americans, came from Africa. There's those cultures in Africa do not have a problem with diabetes and hypertension. So what is it about the community in the United States or other countries that causes disproportionate evidence of these disease? And that can be in Caucasians, African Americans, Native Americans, Indian Americans, whoever, it doesn't matter. It's the trauma that they're carrying from the generations before and it's unhealed. And all of this is coming to the surface because now we're seeing how much money is there to be made off of healthcare and keeping people sick, right? 
we're all starting to see this. It's like a big pot of soup that everything's settled to the bottom and we put a big stick in it and now we're stirring it. And all of this has to come to the top and it has to rise for us to be aware of it in order to change it. Yes, diet and exercise are healthy. Yes, doing things to help love yourself. But the generational trauma is what keeps us sick. And it's the patterns that keep showing up, the conditioning, how our society treats us. All of that goes into why this physical disease affects us, why it keeps showing up. And the fact that if I have a label to attach to it, I have a reason to explain to other people why I am the way that I am. And that's once again, no offense, but it's an escapistic tactic to ignore the root of what's actually going on and taking responsibility for our life and healing those things when I can identify with the label and attach to it and say, oh, it's this that causes me to be this way, or it's that that causes me to be that way. With great honoring, that's not what causes anyone to be that way. It's not a judgment. It's not a shameful thing. It's about loving yourself again enough to say, hmm, I don't have to have this. I don't have to have that. I don't have to attach to it. I can go within and do the work and help clear all of those things out because I'm worth it. And I love myself enough to do it, even though it's challenging to look at those parts of myself. I'm worth it. And my healing is worth it. So yes, mm -hmm. I do think that we have a lot of chronic illness. And, you know, the other thing is, is you look at our cultures before the 1960s, People were outside a lot more. They were barefoot on the earth. Invention of rubber. We have cancers that start showing up and all these autoimmune diseases from the 1960s on. We're not grounding ourselves enough to the mother earth to allow those free radical electrons to flow through us. The earth is very healing. She knows exactly what to do with all of that energy and how to heal it and transmute it. And we're separate from it. We've separated ourselves once again from source. Uh, in this three-dimensional and our mother earth is our greatest connection to source uh, if we're not feeling you know connected in other ways so i think get outside ground yourself put your bare feet on the earth and just breathe start to connect and be still and the information that you're going to receive about who you are might be muddy at first but the more you do it the more you're going to feel at peace and they actually will start to feel healthier too promise I love the way you describe that. And it does just feel so true. Um, yes, the food and yes, the stuff, but what at the source of all that, why is that the way that it is and that generational trauma? And as you were describing, and even as you named just a few, um, um, like, um, races or ethnicities. And I'm just kind of could see these waves of like all of these different traumas that came from all of our different pasts and our generations where we lived, where we started our family, you know, the, the, the stories, the, the stuff that's been passed down and how each one has these different distinct sort of waves of trauma. And like collectively we're holding all this stuff. And I really feel that. I think that people most importantly want to feel heard. Um, in my nursing background and what I do, and I worked in the intensive care unit for most of my career before I worked as a nurse educator, was I saw these patterns and these stories that came up and people just wanted to be heard. They wanted to, to not be minimalized or diminished or have their light dim just because what they thought or what they felt 
didn't, you know, mesh with science. People just wanted to be heard. And the minute you heard them and they felt heard and valued, the minute their mind expanded to believing something different, that there was a different possibility, there was a different potential, that we had to hear them first where they were at, not think they were crazy, not think they were making it all up or being histrionic. Those are words. And I, and I'm, you know, I've heard it all the time. Nurses stations are nurses are not always the nicest. Uh, neither are healthcare people. We, we, we have big empathic hearts, but we also are full of judgments and our own beliefs about things. And so I just realized that people just want to be heard. And once you hear them and say, I don't think you're crazy, would you be open to thinking this way? People go, oh, you think that's possible? Yeah, I do. And you're worth it. Boom. Things open up and span wide open because someone else believed in them enough to show them that they were worth believing in themselves. And that's the thing with what you said is, and you do this, our beliefs shape it all. How come there's thousands upon thousands of studies about the placebo effect? You know, people talk about that in our realm, but when you look at healthcare and modern medicine, studies and sciences don't talk about placebo effect. It's studied, they have it there. People get better without ever getting something, right? Because they believe that they are getting the dose that they need. So why don't we talk about that more? Because well, healthcare is a billion dollar business, isn't it? Mm, yeah. uh, so I love what I do. I am actually a hospice nurse now. So I help families and patients through grieving and their journey to transition. And it is a beautiful uh, use of all of my gifts. And I'm very happy with what I do right now. Uh, but this, you know, my gifts of doing what I do and coaching and that type of thing are what I want to be doing full time. And I'll get there. But right now I'm serving in all the ways that I know how and I'm grateful for every moment. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of this and being so authentic and present and just willing to share this stuff because this literally changes lives, of course, right? Your work, but just here being in this portal, having this conversation is shifting and changing lives. And I just really honor that. And I'm so appreciative that we got to connect. Um, before we go, I'd like to ask you um, a question about manifestation. I like to ask my guests because we talk a lot about manifestation on the show. How do you feel like your work and, you know, maybe this love and who you're being with yourself or whatever comes up, what do you feel is the most important thing to focus on or how you see it with manifesting when people want a better life for themselves, or they want to feel, you know, more, purpose and content and um, just ease in life and co-create rather than pushing and hustling and striving and just manifestation in general. I'd love to hear sort of your take on that and what you feel is most important. Well, I will reiterate that what I feel is the most important, number one, is who we choose to be with ourselves and how we speak to ourselves and how we love ourselves. The second most important thing is the conscious language that we use in our manifestation. Uh, you know as well as I do that the universe does not hear negatives. It hears everything but that. So if we say, I don't want this, it's going to give us exactly that, right? Because it doesn't hear those negatives. The other thing is just with our language when we say, I want this, and how we say those things instead of seeing it as it already exists, we're actually creating the lack of. And that's, what it, that's why we are not getting what we want. If we're using the language, I want this right? Instead of, I already have this. 
and I'll use this to relate to physical stuff because that's what I deal with mostly is people often say I am sick or I'm mad or I'm sad instead of saying I feel sad. I feel mad because the minute you say I am something, you become it. Mm -hmm. But if you can separate it and say, I feel mad, then my madness is somewhere over here and I'm observing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not becoming it. And that's how we really separate ourselves from this, you know, three-dimensional, four-dimensional, mental, emotional, physical body into the spiritual one that says, if I have the thought, where does the thought come from? My mind or something higher than myself. And so manifestation in my mind is, where are we observing things from and allowing our higher self to work the magic through us by us believing it's possible, number one, and stop trying to control it mm. and figure out how it's going to get here. Because that's where we get stuck is because we go, well, what's it going to look like? How's it going to happen? That can never happen. I'm not worth that. No, it's too scary. I don't know what the next step's going to look like. And that's what keeps us stuck in the place where we're at and not manifesting is because we need to know what it's going to look like to feel safe. And so we never move ahead and we constantly feel like we're not getting anywhere and we're a failure and it's not ever going to happen for me instead of just going, okay, universe, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I trust I'm going to take a step and I'm going to let you show me the way. And here's the thing, the times that I have done that in every step, it just proves to me that universe has my back. My higher self has my back. And that the more I align with letting go of trying to control, figure it out, the more things just automatically manifest effortlessly. And guess what? They're more beautiful than I could have ever imagined myself. Let go. Hmm. You, are you, are, you are protected. And the paradox I always say is we stay in this box of safety because we think it's going to keep us secure and comfortable, which we're miserable in. But the minute we step outside of that box and we allow the universe to work through us the way we were designed to, we realize we are already safe to begin with, period. Mm. Let go. Stop trying to figure it out. And just let the universe yourself work divinely through you the purpose that you were here to serve. Whatever that's going to be, it's enough. And you're worthy. Powerful. So, so powerful. I love that language piece as well and being so careful about what you say not to bypass but to intentionally choose and maybe someone listening will, will take this on or it'll resonate um for the last maybe six months now i changed my language with my body to i'm experiencing sensation mm -hmm. so sometimes my husband's like are you okay i'm like just experiencing some sensation right now, or today is a dense sensation day. Oh, and yeah. even though it's shit, it, it's small, he gets it. I get it. And it feels more empowering than I'm in pain. That word. I just, it just doesn't, I don't want it anymore or not even that it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not what I want. That's not how I want to explain it. And just having some sensation, because I do know it's an indication. It's the dashboard light in your car coming on. You're not mad at the light. It means you need an oil change or, you know, you have a flat tire. It's just an indicator light showing me something. So I'm sensationing today is sometimes what I'll say to my inside people who I need to share that with or feel like it's important. Um, and yeah, changing that language is so, so important. And 
yeah, everything you shared is just so incredible. And I thank you and honor so much, um, what you, what you shared today and who you are. So where can we find you? What are the best places to find you? If someone wanted to work with you or just follow along and be inspired by your beautiful work, where do we find you? So the, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I love talking to you and I would love all of you guys to follow me. Uh, The best place to to follow me where I do the most stuff is in my Facebook group, which is called the Awakened Nurse Collective. You do not need to be a nurse to be a part of my group. Uh, I had some feedback recently and they're like, I thought I had to be a nurse. And I was like, no, I am an awakened nurse. You're sharing. (laughs) Um, so I want to make that very clear. So the Awakened Nurse Collective, uh, I also have a business page there called The Awakened Nurse, and I have a website, uh, com. if you'd like to get in touch with me and see, uh, you know, if there is anything else I could help you with. I'm very passionate, and I am always open to just answering questions for people. So please don't hesitate to reach out. I truly am this person, authentic, genuine, loving. And I really am here to help serve people and let them know that they are worthy of love. And they have always been, no matter what's happened to them in their life or what they've been told or what they've been taught, your worthiness of love is your birthright and it's your essence. And I'm here to help you remember that you've always been that. I'm not crying. You are. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So I will put everything in the show notes um, to make sure that everybody can connect with you. We'll put all your links down there and make sure to follow along and get into the group. And, you know, if this stuff inspires you, it's meant for you. Jen is an activator for you. (laughs) We know this. Um, I love it. I have a whole um, eight video series. If you go under the guide section in the group, there's all the videos that I've done. I try to show up once a week and do a video on something that's going on. But I have an entire eight video series on trauma and how trauma affects us in the physical body um, that I that I really invite people to look at because it really opens you wide up to your trauma is not minimalized by someone else's trauma. Um, it can be very minimal, but it's about how it affected you. And it absolutely is continuing to show up in your life. And guess what? There's something you can do about it. Um, mm-hmm. and I'd love to help you on that journey if that's what people would like. So if not, I love you anyway. You're worth it. So thanks again for coming on the show. So many blessings to you and we'll talk soon. Yes. Grateful. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.